Happy Thursday. It's time for a mailbag edition of Locked On Cougars. Getting to the questions you guys have for me on today's show. You'll also hear about BYU's wide receiving core for courtesy of their position coach, Fessy Sataki. An exclusive one-on-one conversation with BYU's passing game coordinator is on the way. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. want to thank LinkedIn for being our title sponsor on today's show. also want to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome on in once again to Locked On Cougars. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. So big thank you once again for taking the time to download the show. Uh, by the way, our goal here, for those of you who may be wondering, our goal here, simply stated, is to make you the smartest BYU fans in the room. And by way of introduction, quickly, my name is Jake. I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK. But I also spend my off hours doing this podcast on a daily basis. All right, let's talk a little BYU football. It's uh, getting close, folks. We are nine days away from BYU uh, taking on USF in the season opener. It's crazy to think it's that close, but at the same time, it feels almost like an eternity. <laughs> We've ground through 200-plus uh, days of no football, and we just got to make just a little bit longer. And that, that's the fun part about this is we're getting so close to the season, but at the same time, it's just still just a little ways off. Uh, the one thing about this, though, is I want to express my optimism to you guys. The BYU, they're feeling fairly confident about themselves. And that, that's the positive news I've taken out of training camp for BYU is the fact that the more I've talked with coaches and players and uh, people off the record, on the record, all that, I'm getting a sense for just a... Uh, how to describe this, a quiet confidence, uh, just some optimism that this squad is going to be able to usurp a lot of what they did last year. And they went 10-3 and three a year ago. You don't throw back 10-win seasons, no matter how disappointing that bowl loss might have been. And the funny thing about that is, is that bowl loss, in many ways, was kind of the springboard, I feel like, to the where BYU's at right now. These players have bought into working extra hard in the weight room, studying their film, uh, getting their workouts in, doing the player-run practices through the dog days of summer, uh, grinding through training camp that they just wrapped up and now it's all intentions and focus are on USF in that season opener just over a week from now and I think that BYU right now is feeling fairly confident in their abilities and where they stand right now obviously that could be a false sense of confidence let me be also very frank about that is this could be a BYU squad that gets a little too puffed up on itself and suddenly all of a sudden they're just kind of right back to square one when they potentially could uh, be beaten right back. Let's say USF springs an upset. All of a sudden, Cougar Nation is at their throat. Uh, and nobody's happy inside the program, outside the program. All of that would go by the wayside. But right now, 
I really feel like this BYU football program has just got this quiet air of confidence about them, and I think that they're ready to go for this upcoming season. Uh, everything I'm hearing at BYU is just, they're just ready to go. And we played the comments from Kalani Sitake on yesterday's show, and he said that we're sick of hitting each other. We're ready to play somebody else. And that's the that's kind of the carrot at the end of the stick here for BYU, and soon enough, they're going to catch that carrot and get the opportunity to take on the USF Bulls and kick off the season. And it, it begins essentially a three-month sprint folks. That's how quick that college football season feels like to me in my professional realm covering the sport, but at the same time it's a lot of fun to be doing what I do, and I know many of you out there cannot wait. And uh, by the way, something I'm going to endeavor to do uh, throughout this upcoming season is I'm going to endeavor to do some uh, picks on Fridays. Uh, we'll, so tomorrow, for example, there's not a lot of games on quote-unquote week zero uh, action this week, but I'll probably pick five or six games that I've got an interest in. I'm not going to give you gambling advice on them. I'm not necessarily going to do that. I'm just going to say these are the teams I think are going to win. And we'll see how I score out the, the entirety of the season. And if you want to play along at home, we'll have nothing more for you guys to be involved with it. And uh, you can send me your picks. But like I said, we'll, we'll make those picks on tomorrow's show. And I'll solicit your guys' feedback on that. So we'll get to all of that on a Friday edition. But I also want to let you guys hear from Fessy Satake. He's BYU's passing game coordinator, as well as the wide receivers coach. I had a chance to catch up with him. This was going back almost, it's actually over a week ago, I think uh, eight days ago or so, when I had the chance to sit down with him one-on-one outside of BYU football practice and we talked a lot about his wide receiving core obviously and they, they've got some headliners obviously with guys like Pukunakua and Gunnar Romney but as you're going to hear right out of the gate here from Coach Sataki, he's feeling very good about the opportunity his wide receivers have had in training camp and at the same time just the the potential for them in this upcoming season. Let's roll the tape. I think these guys have done a really good job. Um, part of that is you know, I'm, we're really limiting some of our proven, proven guys and so it creates opportunities for a lot of these guys to to work their way into the rotation and so I think that naturally as well as has given the guys a lot of motivation to come out every day with the same energy because it's it's a, it's a tight it's a tight race we've seen uh, just in my observation periods and we don't get to watch a ton of it but you, I've seen a pretty big rotation of your guys I'm seeing guys like Tanner Wall running with the ones for example Terrence Fall etc is that a concerted effort on your part just to keep these guys hey let's get a real look at all of these guys and see what they can do yeah hundred percent I, I I want to give these guys a fair chance and a good amount of reps to say this this is what for them to tell me this is what I can do and so every day I'm, I'm rotating a little bit differently some guys might get a little bit more but I'm trying to give everyone a chance to really showcase what they can do and ultimately make my decision tough it's a good problem and my decision is hard to make you've got some established guys Puka Gunner we, we know about those guys I wanted to ask you about a guy like Terrence Fall his story to me is so intriguing guy grows up in France decides he wants to play American football moves to the states and I don't think he's even a finished product but we're seeing him, I think, start to make more and more plays. Where has he made the most strides? Yeah, you're right. He's really starting to flourish. Um, I think he's making the most strides, honestly, in just understanding the overall position of wide receiver. Certain techniques, how we attack leverage. You know, he's he's, he's really good at the playbook. He's always been pretty pretty headsy about retaining the playbook. But a lot of the the, the nuances of the position are, are new to him. And um, I think he's starting to really get comfortable and come into his own. There's certain things he does that other guys are starting to mimic now that he's put his own little flavor on things. And, and um, I've been really, really pleased with his progress in understanding the position. That's the reason why he's been rotating, you know, with, within the ones and trying to, you know, I'm giving him a fair chance to be that rotational guy. Coach Roderick said Tanner Wall said the mission was not good for him. Can you explain that, like the whole transformation he's made? Yeah, I think he means it in general, just yeah, that sure. when you go on a mission and you come back, yeah. the last thing you look like is a
basketball player. <laughs> now, granted, there's some guys who go on missions or do things on their mission that they stay in pretty good shape. But I always say, if you come back looking like crap, you, you were serving a mission. You know what I mean? So uh, when they come back and look bad, it's a, it's, it's a, it, I don't know, it's a catch-22. You know that they were a, a, a valiant missionary, but you also know that they got some major transformation that needs to happen. And Tanner was one of those. He's one of the most put-together guys now, um, and that was not the case two years ago. Okay. Last thing for me is we're just over two weeks away from, from the season beginning. What is the most exciting part about this period as you guys get ready for that opening game? Just, you know, being in the middle of fall camp, we're starting to get to that point where it's easy to get sick of going against the same guys, our defense, the same corners in one-on-ones, and you got to find a way to keep it competitive with these guys and keep the, the energy high. But what gets exciting is we're on the downhill um, now on approaching our first game versus South Florida. And so there's a new energy that's kind of ignited, knowing that every day we're getting closer and closer to, to facing a new opponent and kicking off the season that we're all excited about. Who's the most trash-talking cornerback in your experience on this squad? Oh, uh, Caleb Hayes all day. Okay. <laughs> and, and he backs it up, and I love it. So it lights a fire under everyone. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say him. All right. Thanks so much, Fessy. No problem. There you go, Fessy Satake, BYU wide receivers coach as well as passing game coordinator. And uh, folks, keep an eye on Terrence Fall. He's a guy that absolutely could make some noise down the road this season. He's not necessarily, I think, atop the depth chart in any way, shape, or form. He's probably wide receiver five, wide receiver six at the very best. But he's a guy, if, let's say, knock on wood, injuries do uh, occur for the BYU wide receiver position, he's really starting to grasp hold, grasp hold of that position. As you heard Coach Satake talk about, he's a guy that's really starting to come along, but he's also really liking, speaking of Coach Satake, the entire uh, depth and breadth of this wide receiving core that he's got. I think that the funny thing is the headliners, guys like Puka and Gunner, they're obviously going to carry the day when it comes to talking about the wide receiver position. Keanu Nelson, uh, Keanu Nelson, Keanu Hill, as well as Braden Cosper, probably your wide receivers three and four. Then you got uh, guys like Tanner Walls, we already talked about with Coach Satake. They're kind of hoping to make an impression. Cade Moore's made an impression in training camp. There's a lot of wide receivers out there that are hoping to I hear their name called a lot this season, but the good news is it appears the wide receiver position's in very, very capable hands, both coaching-wise with Fessy leading the way as well as the actual guys inside that room, especially led by the likes of Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua. And by the way, uh, some concern out there that they will not be ready for the game. I heard as recently as yesterday talking with some people who are far more in the know about this than I am. Uh, the expectation is both of them will be available against USF. And obviously things change, circumstances change all that, but as of yesterday, as recently as yesterday, BYU was expecting both of them to be full go 100% against USF. Alright, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to take your guys' questions. It's a Thursday, a mailbag edition of the show. Send them via social media, email. You guys send those questions in. We'll get to as many of them as we possibly can muster as we round out, uh, well, not round out, but as we continue on right here with Locked On Cougars. First, though, a word on our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to help it make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in just minutes with LinkedIn Jobs. Reach your network and beyond with the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and a purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to help spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire as well. They feature simple tools like screening questions that make it easier to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize 
prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And that is why small businesses rate small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs once again is helping you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers are visiting LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys taking the time to download the show and check it out. It's a really, really fun thing I get to do here and talk all things BYU sports. So thank you for your support of this venture. Let's get to your guys' questions. I reached out on social media yesterday asking for questions, and there were some very good ones sent in. So let's start off with this. And this one came in actually via email. And it's, it's not necessarily a question. It's uh, I, Last week, I, I was kind of uh, half in tears and just kind of grateful for the opportunity to do this podcast. Some of you heard that podcast know exactly what I'm talking about. And I got a really, really kind email last Friday from Trevor Taylor. And Trevor sends this in. It's a lengthy email, but uh, Trevor says, hey, Jake, I've been thinking a lot about uh, yesterday's podcast. This goes back actually a week ago, Thursday. Says I wanted to thank you for being so real. Losing someone, even if you don't know them well, is one of the hardest things in life. Says, my name is Trevor and I run the Cougar Kickoff Classic uh, account that you follow on Instagram. By the way, it's a really fun account. I would encourage you guys, any of you who are on Instagram, check it out. Give Trevor a a follow. It is a really cool thing. Um, he says that uh, the reason why he, he is now calling it the Stacy Taylor Memorial Cougar click, uh, Kickoff Classic is because Stacy Taylor is his mom and one of the biggest BYU fans in the world. She says, unfortunately, in December of 2020, we found out she had stage four pancreatic cancer and she passed away just six months later in the Ju- in June of 2021 at the age of 55. She left behind a husband, six kids, the youngest being 13 years old, and two grandkids that love her very much. Losing my mom was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. I worked my dad uh, so I'm able to see him every day and check in on him but he hasn't been the same since my mom died and I don't expect him to be. They were married for over 30 years and they were best friends. Their marriage is one of the best I've ever seen. Now to the point of my email. I just wanted to say thank you for covering BYU sports but also for being real about life. The 2021 BYU versus Utah game was the first game for my family back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium without my mom. It was so hard and emotional to be there without her but as BYU was running down the clock at the end of the game I looked back at my dad and saw a real smile on his face for the first time in months. Uh, I'm getting choked up here. Uh, uh, He says, BYU football might seem to many just like another sport but it really does provide an escape from life and gives us hope when there is none. My dad was able to be happy for a little while just because of BYU football and that was incredible to see and I would like to think that my my mom had something to do with that win. Excuse me, Trevor, uh, thank you for this. Um, Says, I'm really sorry for the long email, but I just had to reach out and say thank you. I love listening to the Locked On Cougars podcast and sincerely appreciate the work that you put into it. And I know I'm not the only one. Thanks, Jake. Signed, Trevor Taylor. Probably should have finished off with that one. But Trevor, that's the stuff. That's the stuff that makes uh, this whole venture worth it. Because stuff like that. Because sports, it transcends everything. It transcends everything in our lives. And that's the one thing I've always uh, loved about sports is the ability for it to be an escape and an opportunity to kind of leave some of the other stuff in our lives by the wayside for a little bit. Uh, Football games last, what, three to four hours long? And uh, it's just an opportunity to escape from reality for a hot minute, especially sometimes when we absolutely need that. It's like the the one thing that we absolutely need. And that 
Trevor, uh, my condolences to losing your mom. I, I can only imagine uh, losing your mother uh, at that age. Uh, my mom is a very important figure in my life. Uh, she's still around, uh, still very much uh, in my, every kind of facet of my life, and not not in a bad way. She's just she is a doting grandmother, a great woman, and she raised seven kids. And that's the cool thing about it is you, you get that opportunity uh, to watch people and learn from them. And and I've got kids of my own now, and I use a lot of the lessons that I learned from my parents, my mom especially, as, as I go about raising my son and daughter. And yeah, so Trevor, thank you for that email. Once again, condolences to your family on the loss of your mother. But at the same time, that's the fun part about sports, especially BYU sports. It literally pulls us all together and kind of binds us in a way. And that's a, that's a really, really fun thing. All right. Um, on to more, I guess I'll call them trivial matters because uh, that's kind of the, the the most important stuff in life. But some other questions coming in here. Let's get to those. Our good friend Nick Lee, uh, who is a host of Locked on Seahawks, a, a co-host of Locked on Seahawks. If you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, uh, check out that podcast. Nick does a great job along with Corbin Smith up there in uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Says, what is your level of concern about playing 10 games in 10 weeks, including facing back-to-back Power 5 teams twice, and then ending that stretch versus Boise on the blue in Boise. Uh, it seems brutal. He says, hashtag AskLOC, and that's a way you guys can ask questions. Send in the, Use that hashtag, and it pops up in my feed. Uh, Nick, I am absolutely concerned about this 10-game stretch. Uh, Dick Harmon wrote, wrote a really nice piece for the Deseret News, and he kind of solicited from each of us and each of us in the media uh, our record prediction for BYU and I said I had BYU going nine and three, and he asked me to list the the losses I had for BYU on the schedule. And I think I, if I'm if I got this wrong, I apologize. But I think I, I listed I, I had a loss for BYU against Oregon, Notre Dame, and Boise State. And you may think, why Boise State? They weren't that good a year ago, Jake. Well, they did beat BYU a year ago. We all know that in the rain, they had the turnover issues. Speaking of the Cougars, lost that game to Boise. Maybe the outside of the UAB loss, maybe the most disappointing loss on BYU's entire schedule last year. I know there weren't a lot of them, but that's probably the most bitter of the bunch outside of UAB. But uh, the thing about this is you're going to play 10 straight games. Like I said, four of them against Power 5 teams, and those Power 5 games are back-to-backs uh, mid-September, mid-October. And then, yes, you finish off that 10-game stretch before you get a bye week by taking a trip up to Boise State, where traditionally BYU has struggled. I know that the last time they went to the Blue in 2020, Tyler Algier was off to the races like on the third play of the game, and from that point on, uh, BYU was just absolutely running roughshod over the Broncos. But BYU could be beat up at that point and could really be kind of limping in uh, to that game. And that could absolutely be a critical, critical game. I, I don't say that BYU is necessarily uh, going to pencil it in. That I, I, I penciled it in as a loss. I'm not going to say they can't win the game. But this 10-game stretch BYU's facing, it's going to be absolutely brutal. We saw it a year ago. It really affected BYU's opportunities uh, with injuries coming for the Cougars. So if they have injury concerns once again, uh, it could be a brutal, brutal stretch, and that could be a game, as, as I kind of tabbed, that could be a loss for BYU, as as, as, as weird as that is to say. Uh, Big Uncle Pooh, our good friend, weighs in and says, who do you see as someone we may not know much about that we will know by the end of the season? Uh, Pooh, I'm going to list two guys, one offensively and one defensively that I think are going to become bigger names for BYU this season. Offensively, get to know the name Miles Davis. Uh, BYU is going to be led by Chris Brooks at running back. Lopini Katoa will probably be the, the complement to to him, but Miles Davis, folks, should he stay healthy, he is going to be, I think, one of the future stars for BYU in the backfield. I'm not going to say that BYU is going to give him the reins going into the Big 12 era and say, run roughshod, young man, 
but he has got all the skills. Speed, size, athleticism, hands out of the backfield, because he's actually a former a wide receiver in the prep ranks, uh, moving to running back. I absolutely think he's going to become a household name for BYU, and it, it obviously he's got to stay healthy and get requisite reps to get that opportunity, but he's a guy on offense that I would pay attention to. And then defensively, a guy that I think you'll want to get to know is Ammon Hanneman. Uh, he did break out a little bit last year, really came on strong in the final stands of the season, but he is going to be the, appears to be the day one starter at strong safety for BYU opposite of Malik Moore in that defensive backfield. Ammon's obviously got a famous last name. Guys like Jacob Hanneman, Micah Hanneman have come through this program. It's a name that's in some ways synonymous with BYU football, but Ammon's just the latest in a long line of Hanneman family members coming through BYU. They may not be as prolific as the Kafusi family is, but Ammon Hanneman, I think, could be a household name by the end of the season. And if it's not Ammon Hanneman, it's probably the guy who's backing him up currently on the depth chart, and that's Micah Harper. I know Micah Harper was a starter during 2020 before tearing his ACL at cornerback for the Cougars, but he'll essentially be reacquainting himself with BYU fans, and he's another name to pay attention to in that defensive backfield. All right, uh, Preston and Corinne Arnold weigh in, says, which Big 12 out-of-conference games are you thinking are the most interesting slash important? I'm excited to see West Virginia, Pittsburgh, the backyard brawl, as they call it. He has ASU, uh, Oklahoma State, and then Missouri, Kansas State, which is actually a really, really fun one across border rivalry. says, are there any other matchups you feel are important for the conference to position itself going forward? And he says, do Texas and Oklahoma out-of-conference games really matter for the conference at this point? Now, uh, Preston, you kind of laid out the three that I would have pointed to immediately uh, in terms of the Big 12 games, uh, that a conference games of note. I think that West Virginia Pitt game is absolutely going to be uh, an incredible game. It's an incredible rivalry. You don't call it the backyard brawl for nothing. Uh, Pittsburgh and West Virginia are like BYU and uh, Utah relative uh, distances apart, if, if I'm not mistaken maybe a little bit further, but it's not by much. And that's going to be a really, really fun game. Your uh, your third question there, do Texas and Oklahoma out-of-conference games matter for the conference at this point? I actually still think they do. And Texas is going to take on Alabama, and I think that's an interesting game in the fact that these are two heavyweights in the college football realm. We all know that Alabama is maybe the chief heavyweight in college football right now and one of the heavy favorites to win a national title this year. But a guy like Steve Sarkeesian, former BYU quarterback, he's obviously got to make some inroads on his own with regards to his job there in Austin and a game like that I still think it matters for the conference even if Texas and Oklahoma are bound for the SEC at some point so I actually think he nailed the games that I would have laid out as the critical games for the Big 12 but I do think that Oklahoma and Texas out of conference games still matter so long as they're still in the conference it still brings a national perspective a national relevance uh, just it brings a plum and I don't know what what other adjective I can use. It brings it to the conference. So I still think those matter, at least in the interim for these programs. All right. One final question here, and this one's actually uh, on more of a personal note once again. It actually came in via email, and it comes in uh, via our good friend Dave. And Dave says, Jake, I I got a question for you. I don't don't mean to make this sound uh, personal, but he says, Jake, what's the status uh, with your weight loss? You talked a lot about this over the last year or so. I haven't heard you talk about it much recently. Uh, Where do things stand? I'm a guy who's trying to lose weight myself. Love to get uh, get some insight as to where you stand right now. Well, Dave, to answer your question, I'm kind of in a holding pattern. I'll be frank. I, 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 this summer has been... <laughs> um 
uh, let, let's just say I, I've been enjoying my summer. Now, it doesn't mean I, I've packed on all the pounds that I lost. I lost uh, at my peak, I think it was 43 pounds what we had lost. And uh, Rich Hart, obviously the owner of Elevate Gym and Insulin IQ, who's been working with me, uh, I need to get back in and see you, Rich. If you're watching slash listening to this, I'm sure you are. Uh, reach out to me. I'd love to uh, come, in, come in and see you. But uh, I, I've actually kind of hit a holding pattern right now. So I am still currently down. I weighed myself uh, yesterday and I'm down 38 pounds from where I was when I first starting, started working with Rich. So I've gained about seven of the pounds that I lost back, but I've been pretty stable where I'm at for the last four or five months. So in some ways I'm counting this as a win. I, I lost a significant amount of weight. Let's be uh, that. I'll take that as a win. We're celebrating wins here. That's what we're, we're all about. We like to celebrate wins here on this podcast. So that's a win in my book and maintaining it for some length of, of time. It's actually been very, very good. Am I to where I want to be ultimately when uh, uh, my goal weight? No, I'm not. I'm still based on yesterday's weight. I'm still 31 pounds away from my, no, not 31 pounds, excuse me, 26 pounds away from my goal weight. That, that, that's the goal I still got to lose. So I still have a ways to go, but I am counting it as a win that I was actually been able to maintain it while not being as stringent as I was on the, uh, it's not necessarily a diet. It's more of a lifestyle change is what I, I adopted. It was, it's a keto diet, essentially. It's a, I guess a modified version of it, avoiding carbs, all that stuff. So yeah, I, I haven't talked a lot about my weight loss journey because I frankly haven't lost any weight in the last little bit, but it's still something I intend to do. I intend to maintain at least where I'm at. I'm not planning on going north. I'm planning on continuing to lose weight and go south and eventually reach my goal weight and probably need to go in and get yelled at by Rich once again and get back on the horse. But uh, thank you for reaching out, Dave. I appreciate you asking that question. I, I, I I'm open to that. that um, let me be honest. I, you guys have heard me. I've, I've kind of have. My, I've been up in my feels, I guess, as they say, a lot recently. But it's a it's a it's a lifelong journey, and that that's the goal here. It, it's not necessarily. It's not going to change in a single day. I, and it, it, trust me, it's we're 18 months in the process of me almost. No, maybe not 18 months. 16 months or so in the process of me losing that weight and. Uh, we're continuing to work on it. So thank you for the question, Dave. All right, uh, coming up here in just a moment, we'll round out today's edition of the show. We've got some BYU news out there on the women's volleyball front as well as women's tennis. Also, four BYU football players, one of which a partner of Locked On Cougars and Clark Barrington, named to the Senior Bowl watch list. We'll get to that, as well as celebrating another one of the big wins in BYU football history, a game that many of you probably will remember back in the start of the Gary Croton era. We'll get to all of that here as we continue on with the Locked On Cougars podcast. Just a reminder for you guys, the Ultimate College Football Preview is here. It is a seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the upcoming college fo- football season in one spot. Search for the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, as we round out today's edition of the show, running down some notes real quick. Four BYU football players named been named to the Reese's Senior Bowl watch list. Uh, this is the most prestigious postseason event show case that you can attend. Uh, NFL coaches are there, administrators, uh, talent evaluators, anybody who's anybody in the NFL goes to this event and it's an opportunity for you as a senior slash graduated player uh, to go out and show what you can do and that's what the case of four guys for BYU have been named uh, to this watch list those include Clark Barrington he is uh, technically a uh, COVID junior but he will be graduating Blake Freeland same deal he will be graduating Jaron Hall COVID junior going to be graduating and Gunnar Romney is actually a senior but if you have graduated and you've essentially gone through four or five years of school 
you are eligible to be on this watch list. Do I expect all four of these guys to get invites to the Senior Bowl? Eh, maybe not. I could see three of them. I think Gunnar Romney might be the odd man out in terms of who ultimately doesn't actually go, but all four are going to have that opportunity, and that's a very, very cool honor. Congratulations to all of them. We'll talk with Clark next week in his weekly appearance about being named to that watch list and kind of get his perspective on it. All right, final couple of notes here on the show. Number 10 ranked BYU Women's Volleyball. They're going to begin their season tomorrow with the BYU Invitational number one. We'll talk more about that tomorrow, but they've been picked to win the West Coast Conference that the league announced yesterday. Four Cougars were also named to the preseason All-WCC team. It was a pretty tight race between BYU and San Diego for the number one spot. BYU got 79 overall points, seven first place votes as compared to San Diego's 73 points and three first place votes. So they're expected to contend uh, once again atop the the uh, rankings there for the West Coast Conference crown. Pepperdine was in third place with 67 total points. Uh, and then on the preseason All-WCC team, uh, Whitney Bauer was on that list. Heather Knighting, Kate Grimmer, and Erin Livingston. All preseason honorees for BYU. A big ups to the BYU Women's Volleyball Program. They've absolutely been lights out under Coach Olmstead. Speaking of Heather Olmstead, and like I said, they start their season tomorrow. We'll preview that a little more in its entirety on tomorrow's podcast. And then the final two notes here is BYU Women's Tennis announced their fall schedule. They're going to be playing in such locales as California, Colorado, Nevada, North Carolina, Oklahoma, and Texas throughout the upcoming fall campaign. Head coach Holly Hasler said, we're excited to get the fall season underway. It's great to see who put in the work over the summer months. It's also fun to create a new culture each year with our incoming freshmen, and obviously they'll be looking to hit the ground running. They're going to be on the road a lot this fall, and they'll have to stay on top of it if they want to have the success they envision having with BYU Women's Tennis. All right, and then as we go out the door here on the show, yesterday we talked about the 1996 season opener in the, uh, what was it, the Thrifty Car Rental Kickoff Classic, I think is what the technical name was. Well, there was also a famous game on August 25th for BYU, and it actually kicked off the Gary Croton era, and he had kicked it off in pretty fine fashion, uh, beating Tulane on this day in, in 2001. So we're going back 21 years. BYU beat Tulane 70-35. to 35, One of those barn burner games. It was legitimately a barn burner outside. I remember how hot it was. I was not, not actually in attendance at this game. I watched it on TV, but I remember I had a some youth event or something. Like, maybe it was a sport I was playing. I remember being outside before that game kicked off. I'm like, it is absolutely blazing out here. And BYU went out there, put up 70 points and just all kinds of numbers against the Tulane Green Wave, including this, what I think is maybe the play of the game, courtesy of Luke Staley. Ten. I like them defensively, and I think that either Sorger or Bollinger is going to lead them. I like the chances. Conference up for grabs in the mind. Staley made a great cut. Luke Staley, touchdown. 65 yards. The reason that's a big deal is because that's the fastest guy on their team, and maybe he could catch Staley from behind. Instead of the right of your screen, you're going to see it. There's Wilkerson messing with El Page. That enables Staley to get into the open field and get his third touchdown of the first quarter. That play right there, 65 yards to the house. Uh, those of you watching on YouTube saw the blocks that were set up. And the funny thing about this, in this game, Luke Staley finished the game with 10 carries, 142 yards. That's an average of 14.2 yards per carry and three touchdowns. Oh, by the way, 
all three of those touchdowns in that first quarter. As you heard the illustrious Todd Christensen, may he rest in peace, on that call there. That 65-yarder was his long for the game. It was absolutely lights out. Brandon Dolan, to his own credit, was lights out. 25-31 for 286 yards, three touchdowns passing for him. He also added 11 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown in his own. Brian McDonald Ashford, many of you will recall, had 18 carries in that game, 110 yards and three touchdowns. BYU as a team in this game rushed for 437 yards, passed for 297 yards, 734 yards in route to a 70-point outing. Just an absolutely incredible season opener. And trust me, I, I, along with the rest of you, remember thinking like, this is how Gary Croton's going to be. We're get right back to being nationally prominent. And we all know that the season in 2001 was a special one. Ended up 12-2. and two. Uh, BYU's heart's broken when the BCS said, nah, you guys ain't going to get in uh, to the BCS. And the, the season kind of ended with a little bit of a disappointment there. Obviously, the, the blowout loss to Hawaii later that year. But Man, any of you who are at this game or remember that game, you know exactly what you were feeling watching this squad under a new head coach uh, leading the way. It sure felt like, wow, are we on the leading edge of offensive football? Well, for a lot of that 2001 season led by Brandon Doman and Luke Staley, BYU was absolutely lights out. So. That was a fun game to kind of waltz down memory lane. We'll be obviously posting stuff like this on the podcast. And obviously, uh, if you want more of this stuff, uh, Instagram's where I'm going to kind of put all this stuff. I'm going to pull video clips. That one, uh, courtesy, by the way, of YouTube, uh, I think it was actually uh, Snap to Tackle, by the way. Uh, I think it's a BYU fan, if I'm mistaken, that puts up those games. Literally uh, cutting the clips literally from Snap to Tackle of entire games. You can blow through them in like 20 minutes. It's absolutely awesome for a football junkie like myself. So big ups to Snap to Tackle for that clip. Uh, courtesy of his YouTube uh, video there, but uh, one of those fun games in BYU history. And that's going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. A big ups to all of you for your questions, your comments, and just uh, being here, being part of this community, being part of Cougar Nation. It's absolutely awesome to be here. And a big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys now to make uh, Locked On Big 12 your second listen of the day. Josh Neighbors gets you up to speed on everything going on in the Big 12 Conference. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube as well. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.